Yeah, I mean, it was the next logical step. It couldn't stay in Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is lovely, but it was so small. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big personality. <laughs> That was Stuart Sheffman, a.k.a. Brokass Stuart. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Thanks for joining us. This is another special episode for us. You might already know Stuart, and you might have caught an episode we did with him way back in season one. Over the years, we started doing things a little differently here on Storied SF, and so we caught up with Stuart this time sitting down at the wooden nickel to hear all about his life. Check back Thursday for part two. Here's Stuart. My parents, uh, my dad's a Jew from New York. My mom's a Jew from El Paso. Oh. And uh, they, uh, they met in Los Angeles. And um, what's crazy is, what's funny is, um, my dad had been up here in San Francisco and he like, uh, met this woman in a bar was hitting on her and she's like look I'm married but I've got a cousin uh, in LA you live in LA I'll give you her phone number and you should give her a call and take her out it was the 70s you, that's how you met you could just like cold call someone and be like hey uh, I met your cousin in San Francisco you want to go on a date yeah. and uh, my parents was he hitchhiking by any chance no no, no that, that came later no just kidding uh, so yeah they, they um, went on a blind date and uh, they got married six months later do you and know, they're still together. Do you know what bar here it was? Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe not even a bit of bar. I just know that my dad met, hit on some woman, and she was married and said, call my cousin. Yeah. But it actually was like her cousin-in-law. Like she's actually not, not, she's not related to my mom. She's like, she was married to my mom's cousin. Okay. Um, okay. Do you know what brought your dad, let's start with your dad, what brought him out here from New York? Uh, out work. west to well, L.A., I guess. He was just over New York. I want to get out. and uh, In the city, or...? Well, uh, yeah, he was living in New York City. Uh, he's, he's originally from uh, Long Island. His mom was from Brooklyn. Um, so I grew up going out to New York a lot. Because uh, yeah. when I was growing up, my grandmother was in Queens. And, and Queens and um, Florida. And my, my grandmother was the only uh, old Jewish lady who moved to Florida to die and didn't die and moved back up north. Oh, but she only made it to, um, to Baltimore and was, stayed uh, there for a few years. And that's where... She expired. It's funky, but, uh, t- funky town to stop in. And yeah, yeah. But my, my aunt and uncle are there. That's okay. why. Or we're there. I don't know where they are now. They're in, like, Rhode Island now or some okay. shit. Um, but um, my dad was just over in New York. And um, it was the 70s. And he's like, well, I'm going to go to California. And, uh, yeah. Sunny California. Yeah. yeah. And he went to L.A., you said. Yeah, he went to or- L.A. And my, my, my mom was in L.A., too. Okay. Do you know what brought your mom out? It's also sunny in El Paso. Let's yeah, just- yeah. I mean, it's California in the '70s. Who wouldn't want to be there? Just the draw, you know, yeah. LA in the '70s. Shit, that, I want to be in LA in the '70s. Right. You know. Right. And so yeah, and so they met, and uh, they're still together 40 some odd years later. If I'm 40 awesome. years old, they've been together for like what 45 years almost. Like that? Fucking a. Maybe Fucking 43 a. or four years. Yeah, they still like each other mostly. Awesome. Congratulations, to the Sheffmans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, do you know what? kinds of things they were doing either for work or for fun when they moved to LA when they moved to California um, in other words how are you conceived now? yeah uh, I imagine uh, the old-fashioned way <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know what they were into I mean they were um, it's funny do they, do they talk about their their early California days I mean yeah yeah I mean they were in LA I was born in LA and they were here they were in LA for like uh, only for, I was only there for two years I moved when I was two we moved to El Paso Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, so my grandparents were in El Paso. Okay. Uh, is that, the Paso story is really interesting, actually. How Let's we got to it. El Paso. Let's this is you know I'm from Texas, right? Yeah, you're from like Houston, Fort Worth, Fort Worth. All right. 
So very, very, very different from El Paso. Like, there, I mean, it's also like a thousand and a half miles from El Paso. Approximately 10 million miles, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very in, different. in so but, many ways. But it's like, uh, if you're from Texas, all Texas towns you like have an affinity for, it's like, they're kind of like yours. Sure. Yeah, and, so. and El Paso is like a whole other world. Like, like, it's, it's a border. It's like the biggest it, border town. Yeah. I mean, like up until recently, I mean, up until the past 10, 15 years, um, El Paso and Juarez, the border was very fluid. Yeah. You know, I mean, like the whole re- like, like the whole region together is like a million and a half people, you know, yep. maybe more. Uh, but that's changed, obviously, in the past 10 or 15 years, the cartel wars, whatever. Yep. Um, but um, El Paso has always been a very blue part of Texas. Mm-hmm. Or at least not always, but the past, for the past, like, you know, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And the whole, in fact, the whole Gulf Coast is. Yeah, Beto didn't start that. Beto did not start that. But yeah, he's of that though. Oh, I mean, sure, he's, he's sure. Exactly of that. And I definitely know. I'm guaranteed my grandmother knew his grandmother. Yeah. And, you know, like it's it's a small area out there. You know, especially yeah. in, like white people. There's like not a lot of white people in El Paso. Yeah. You know? Like and so like it's it's mostly like and there's not a lot of Jews in El Paso either. I would so, imagine. So let me get back to that. So, there, so sure. it's a really interesting sure, story. Sure, sure. And so um, yeah, but yeah. So El Paso is like at this point probably nearly 90 percent Latino. So it's it's a it's a maybe not as much my parent my mom was growing up, but so I my great grandfather. Left uh, Lithuania. Uh, it was World War One. Was he was on the rise. It was about to happen, kind of thing. And um, he knew he didn't want to get conscripted into the, the Tsar's army because Jews and people and peasants and got where they were cannon fodder. They just like, got thrown in front of the lines. And so he like literally just walked out of his village and went east. He didn't even go west. He went east and like I don't know like exactly. He walked all the way through to fucking but or like took. To, you know, to, to if he had money for, yeah, I don't know if they had money for trains or <laughs> yeah. wagons, or whatever. Right. But like he uh, and made it all the way. He left um, um, through China. Wow. Went, went through Japan. Holy fuck! I've got a photo on my Instagram actually of my great grandfather in Japan. It's like a Yokohama like uh, photo studio, right? Or it might have been in San Francisco because he he landed in San Francisco and, okay. he, and he helped uh, tear down the World's Fair in 1915. Oh shit! I was right? about to ask when, so like kind of. When World War Two One was starting, mm-hmm. that shit. Okay, great. So uh, he helped tear down and the World's Fair. Okay. And, um, he had a uh, and he got a job as a dishwasher and learn, learning English and like um, uh, and he had he had some family out in um, New Jersey. Okay. So then he you know saved some money, got a train out to New Jersey, whatever. Typically where the Jews were. New York, New Jersey, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Typically. And so yeah, actually, I imagine I bet you my grandfather, my great grandfather, probably came through Angel Island. I imagine. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so he made it out to. Um, uh, New Jersey and got a candy route, selling candy door to door, kind of whatever. Okay. For his family had a family's friend, family business. I don't know exactly. Holy shit. Ended up, ended up joining the U.S. Army anyways for World War One. Oh wow. And got tuberculosis. Right? Oh fuck. And back then there was no cures for tuberculosis, so what they do is right. they just they like, well, you got this forever. Go to a warm, dry place. So he ended up going to um, outside outside of El Paso in New Mexico. He went to I think it was Demi, New Mexico. Okay. And he uh, started a little goat farm and uh, then sent out for his mother and his sweetheart, who was my great-grandmother, and yes. brought them in from Lithuania. Awesome. And it started uh, the little goat farm there. And then they wanted to move closer to El Paso because that's where the Jewish community was because my mm-hmm. great-grandfather was Orthodox. Mm-hmm. And so they moved to close to El Paso, and uh, that's where my grandmother was born. And her, my great-aunt, uh, she was born in Deming, and then um, the rest of them were born in El Paso. So yeah, and then um, so there were some Jews. 
yeah, at least there was in a, your family. Yeah, I mean, there were some Jews in the Southwest, but yeah. like, yeah, but I mean, sometimes it's not, it's not like L.A. or fucking New York, you no. know? <laughs> but you're surprised sometimes. I am, like, to find, like, oh, Jews in El Paso. Everywhere. Jews everywhere, man. Yeah, yeah. Just a smattering, though. It's how they take over. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's part of the conspiracy, honestly. By the way, we're both Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, so uh, my grandmother was born in El Paso, my mom was born in El Paso, my brother's born in El Paso. It's like my ancestral homeland. Okay. But uh, nobody's really, there's only a couple people left there. Everybody else has gone to California or Phoenix or um, mostly California. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell any, talk about any more about your brief life in El Paso? Any good uh, yeah, you know, I still have some friends from when I was in kindergarten there. I was going to ask how long, yeah. So you started school there. Yeah, I was there from age two to age seven. And when, okay. I was age, when I was seven, I moved to San Diego. Okay. So I grew up in San Diego, pretty much. Yeah. And then I, after San Diego, I, I turned 18, and I went to Santa Cruz for college. And then I ended up here. I'm going to make you back up. Take a sip. Nice try breezing <sighs> over all that stuff. Uh, no, I mean, San Diego. Let's hear about it. What do you want to hear? It was a great place to grow up. Your life in San yeah. Diego. What this kind is of your life in San Diego. What kind of shit were you into? Uh, I was into, like, hippie shit. Well, I was actually, like, the only, like... My high school was probably the only kid in tie-dye in my high school. But I was like, when I was like in sixth grade, I had a friend who was like, uh, had an older brother who was like into Velvet Underground and The Doors and stuff. And so then we got into that. And this then is I, like early 90s? Yeah. Um, I graduated high school in 99. Okay. So yeah, I was like mid, mid 90s, early 90s. So okay. in junior high, I, I like became like long hair, like tie-dye kid. Lots of hemp. I wore enough tie-dye and hemp in my entire life. <laughs> look, look I, everybody listening should thank me. Because I've done it for you. No one else has, ever has to wear tie-dye and hemp. I did so much of that in junior high and high school that like nobody ever has, has to done it. Like, do it again. No I'm one has starting to. to see it come back. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> royalties. All the '90s shit is back, man. It's so funny seeing it. like um, like teenage girls are dressed like Kurt Cobain who weren't alive when Kurt, Kurt Cobain was alive, and might not know who he is. Right, right. Stocks and yeah, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. So I was into like tie-dye and the Doors and shit. So it's like you know all, when all my friends were like listening to like. Uh, no effects and like Blink 182 and stuff like that. I was like Jimi Hendrix and the Beatles and shit, oh, okay. and, and the Dead. But also like, at the same time, I also like loved you know it was the 90s. So I also listened to fucking you know Wu Tang and and you know NWA and shit like that too. So I'd have my little like like hippie car with like Grateful Dead stickers and stuff, and be like bump go, going to school bumping NWA. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Do you think maybe your sort of attraction to the hippie life style or whatever the aesthetic order? Did you think that had anything to do with your parents' hippie past? Or, like, what were the influences, do you My think, parents that, were, that drew you into that? were terribly hippie. I think they were just, like, regular people who, like, I mean, I, mean, I grew up listening to, like, Crosby, Stills, and Nash and stuff like that. But, like, they weren't, like, hippie hippies. They just, like, okay. they just, like cool, like, folky music, you know? Yeah. I mean, I grew up on, like, the like folk rock, like, Crosby, Stills, and Nash and, like, um, uh, you know, stuff like that. But also, like, soul music, like Curtis Mayfield and, and, and uh, all that stuff, too. Right that, my mom was more into the folky stuff. My dad was into the soul stuff, and they both kind of into both of them. Record, um, records, I, eight tracks. Oh man, I, I still have their whole record collection. Yeah, awesome. Well, bits of it, probably out of the gazillion moves of records have disappeared. But right, you know, right, right. But I've got some pretty cool records. Uh, at the beginning of uh, COVID, Kyle and I spent a lot of time uh, just listening to like fucking old LPs and like crying. <laughs> right. <laughs> just listen to Joni Mitchell and crying. Well, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Kylie didn't cry. Just me. Yeah, <laughs> but it's hard not to cry when I listen to Johnny Mitchell. I just saw you tweeted the other day something about listening to Blue, right? Yeah, it was the 15th anniversary of Blue, right? And I managed to go on a walk through the city and listen to Blue and not cry the once. Thing and yeah. you didn't not cry, cry once. Was the, yeah, is that your like the pandemic's over moment? <laughs> I don't know, it was, maybe. <laughs> Man, I definitely had a moment during the pandemic. I remember because I was like, you know, spent a lot of time going on walks 
I spent like about three months uh, or more. Um, I'd have a schedule where I'd work until about one o'clock, and then I spent from one to two calling people in Florida for Joe Biden. Right. Not that I necessarily gave a fuck about Joe Biden as much as I was like more can't or Florida. <laughs> right. I just like we gotta beat Trump, you know. Right. And uh, that's a whole other. That's man. The Florida conversations were crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, and we'll then, rap with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, <laughs> and then I so after calling for an hour, then I go run a walk for an hour or so. And like I remember I had this one moment like listening to Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah and like Ooh. like over by Cafe Floor and totally just started crying. Oh, yeah. Because it was like all the stress of the fucking whatever and also just such a beautiful song, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. But going back to the music that you uh, had in your household, basically your parents' music. Um, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Are you like, thanks, Mom and Dad, for totally. having that shit around. It's I still stuff. listen to like, I mean, most of the music I listen to is like people who are like, 80 years old or dead, you know? Like, right, right, right. I'm just an old guy when it comes to music. Like, I'm like, man, you should have heard music in the 90s, man. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, I'm a big music head and I love music, but I, I'm really only hip until like 2006. Ooh, which that's later maybe, than me. Maybe like three years after college, you know? Mm -hmm. And then like, I just like can't keep up, you know? Oh, no, right, and I right, like, right. you know, I like, started a career in, and I, it's hard because like I, um, I work with words all day, so I can't like listen to several words. You write. Yeah, it's really exactly. hard to listen to music and write. Yeah. Unless, unless it's like words in a language I don't understand. Yeah. It's Portuguese, it's cool, you know? I don't yeah, understand Portuguese. Exactly. Spanish is a little harder, you know? Yeah, hard to listen to podcasts also. Yeah, I cannot listen to podcasts no. when I work. I just started listening to podcasts on my walks. Exactly. Because I have time exactly. to listen to them. Exactly. Okay, let's go back to San Diego. So were you like were you cool with it or were you like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna graduate from high school and get out of here and see more of the world, be, live somewhere else? Growing up in San Diego was awesome. Okay. Like, even then, I was like, this is cool. But, I mean... What I about it? Well, I mean, I still wanted more, you know? Uh, but, I mean, like, I was... I grew up in a, in a place called University City. It's a... It's a little... It originally was built for... So that the people who were worked at UCSD could have housing. So, it was like... It's east of La Jolla, north of Claremont. It's like, um, you know, uh, growing up, it's middle class, upper middle class. Yeah. And um, now it's, like, really expensive. Now it's, like, a fancy place, I right. think. But, like... Um, but it's like super suburbia. Yeah. And so... Um, but is it more than weather and Mexican food? I mean, that's two great things. <laughs> For sure, but... Is I mean, there more to it that you liked as a kid, you know, as a, as a teenager? And, and a yeah, you know, I mean, it was just beautiful. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we did what most of my high school years, what we did is me and my buddies, we'd, we'd hop in the car and we'd drive around smoking weed looking for more places that to smoke weed at, you exactly, know? Exactly. But they were like, we'd drive to La Jolla, which was like only like 15 minutes away, 10 minutes away. And like, there'd be these beautiful spaces like above the ocean. Yeah. Like, when we had nothing to do, we had fuck all to do, uh, we went to this place called La Jolla Farms, which is like literally the, cl the cliffs above Black's Beach. Oh, wow. It's like, oh, we have nothing to do, I guess we'll just go there again and get high. and just smoke weed and eat, eat you know uh, ecstasy and just chill out you know yeah do you want to talk about what other like were you drinking at all or? yeah yeah I, I got into drugs and, and booze early but like I've, I'm lucky that I don't have that the gene that says more 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 oh right I've always enjoyed uh, drugs and booze uh, mm -hmm. to a certain extent but like never problematically mm -hmm. um, are you the oldest you have siblings I got a younger brother yeah so it's just the two of you yeah okay um yeah, I mean, I started smoking weed when I was like 14 and started drinking when I was probably 15. Mm. Um, I got so much poison oak growing up, smoking weed in the canyons. <laughs> I'm like I'm like PTSD just from poison oak. Like, I see it. I'm just like, get the fuck away from me! So there was a price to pay oh for doing God. drugs. Oh, my God. Nancy Reagan was right. Are you kidding me? Like, I fucking hate poison. Like, so San Diego... Yeah, it's gnarly. It's mostly like mesas and canyons, you know? Mm. And so, like, you just go... You can take the canyons all over. And so we just yeah. go down the canyons and, like, smoke weed and, like... 
hang out with homeless people and just like have weird fucking days as teenagers and um, they got a lot of poison oak. A lot of poison oak. A lot of this sounds familiar minus the poison oak about your <laughs> life now, hanging out with homeless people and doing yeah, drugs. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't smoke weed anymore, though, barely. I mean, occasionally. Okay. Like, it just makes me so paranoid now. Well, now that it's legal, it's not fun. What? It's just so strong. I smoke weed. Yeah. I'm just like, is Morgan mad about that thing I said in eighth grade? <laughs> you know? like. <laughs> the answer is yes. Sorry, Morgan. Yes. Yeah. I hope you're listening. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. So so then when when it came time to, when you graduated from, graduated from high school? Yeah. I'm assuming. Um, and then you're like, I'll go to college. Was, was it always, like, was it ever a question that you would leave? You're like... Oh, I knew I was getting out of San Diego okay, for sure. Okay. I mean, I, I, it was just like I don't know. You, you want to get out of where, get away from where you're from, you know. And um, and I went and you know, checked out some colleges and UC Santa Cruz. You know, remember, remember, I was like a crunchy hippie wannabe kid, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how much I was a wannabe hippie until I got to UC Santa Cruz. I was like, yeah. all right, you know, I yeah. think I'm done with this whole fucking thing, <laughs> this charade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You graduated hippie undergrad. Yeah, and totally. Then went to hippie. Uh, yeah, hippie, grad hippie university. It was like all right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I went to UC Santa Cruz, and it was the, the, one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Can I hear real quickly what other schools you visited, though? Yeah, and visited, considered? visited Humboldt okay. and uh, Davis and maybe Berkeley. Um, San Diego State was my backup, you know? Sure, right, if you didn't get in. Right, right. Okay. But my, my, my first choice was, uh, even if I'd gotten to Berkeley, I, which I did not get to do, mm-hmm. I still would have gone to UC Santa Cruz. It just fe- yeah, felt just, like it fit me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also, have you been to that fucking campus? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, you're it's in the red. Stupid. You're on a hill in the redwoods with a view of the ocean. Yeah, it's stupid. Well, I like walk through like Ewok lands to get to classes. Right, it's crazy. Right, and it's you said ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, I started in ninety nine. Okay, let's hear about your time in Santa Cruz. Um, oh, it was like blessed. Okay. <laughs> it was so great. Like, I mean, to be fair, like I didn't even have grades when I was there. It was, it was still pass fail when I was there. You know? Okay. And so, like, imagine, like, you know. I'm 18 years old. I'm, I'm uh, straight out of high school, and I'm like living in the dorms and like surrounded by these like really fucking cool, interesting people. Like to the day, to this day, the people who I was friends with in the dorms are doing amazing things. Like Jesse Thorne, you know Jesse Thorne. He's he's one of the like the, he's like one of the first podcasters, really. He, his his thing's called it used to be called the Sound Young America. Now it's called Bullseye. Okay. But um, he was like he's been podcasting since we were in Santa Cruz, basically. And he's got his whole, he's got his own podcast network. He's on NPR and all this stuff. Um, there's Shakina Nafak, and she's like on on Broadway, and she's in all kinds of shows like uh, Difficult People, and uh, oh, she yeah. she was in um, love that show. Yeah, she's she's also like uh, I think one maybe the first trans uh, actress to be considered in, for the Academy Award. Kind of, she's just, she's incredible, man. And it's you like, went to, to so, college with her. Yeah, Shakina's okay. a good friend of mine. Um, Ashcon, uh, you know, from. Um, Viral video fame, you know, mm-hmm. from the Giant song. Uh, mm-hmm. Anton Patzner, who was violinist in like uh, Bright Eyes and The Faint, and, all, oh. and now he's now him and his wife have this band called Foxtail Brigades, and they um, he also scores movies and all kinds of like all awesome. the, the other people I can't even think of. It's just really cool, talented people who are all there at the one time, you know. And um, that's just that was just Porter College. When I was at, there's another ten colleges or no at that time nine colleges there, all kinds of cool people and. So I was surrounded by these people in this beautiful place, and it was like so free and freeing, and like it was like you were expected to experiment and be weird. Like we, you know, there's a thing called first rain where everybody takes off their clothes and runs naked the first time it rains. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that because it was really cold that night, but I, <laughs> but I, I I did it on the last rain. You know, I was like I'm, a lot warmer. <laughs> sorry, it's just evoking memories of the Seinfeld episode. The shrinkage, shrinkage yeah. 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 I was like, yeah, it's really cool, but the, I got naked and ran the last rain time it okay, rained in my freshman yeah. year, you know. Uh, you eventually made it. 
Yeah, it was great. Did you care about the school part much, or um, were you more just like the, the social world and and the the just you know the well, fucking beauty and, and all that stuff? I'm one of those people who like uh, if it doesn't come easy to me, I don't like it. You know. Well, and there's so, something like, to be said for that, right? So like, I, I never never been good at math and science. You know. Yeah. Uh, you let you let other people do be yeah, good at that yeah. stuff for you. I'm not gonna say I didn't cheat to get through uh, math and science in high yeah. school, you know. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I like I like the conceptual ideas of science. I just you know the math part bothers me. Application. So like uh, you know yeah. I didn't really have to worry about that as much in college. And so like as someone who's like a, a writer and a verbal person and like, I like history, mm-hmm. uh, getting to focus on classes that I liked. Like mm-hmm. I've always been good at school, you know. Uh, better at some parts than others obviously yeah. but uh and so so college is really cool in terms of that i like the school part i mean granted if i went to school now at 40 as opposed to 18 i would definitely have a different experience oh, totally. i'd be much more focused on it but you know it was school was a lot cheaper then than it is yeah. now and yeah. like i was there as a liberal arts degree i got a degree in american studies which I is like ask, how yeah. to be a waiter when you get out of college you know like <laughs> right. but you know american studies is like a mixture of like um history sociology and like uh politics you know right and it was awesome. Did you come straight to San Francisco from Santa Cruz? So um, my senior, my, summer between my junior and senior year of uh, college, I had an internship in San Francisco at Bill Graham Presents. Oh, yeah. I, I, I what year was that? Uh, that summer of 2002. Two, okay. So I had a, I, I was throwing concerts in Santa Cruz, and I'm so glad that I got out of that because I, I'm, uh, but so I got an internship at Bill Graham Presents, and um and, st- and there's still people I'm still friends with there uh, from from those that time. I saw so many great shows that summer. Yeah. Uh, d- during your internship. Yeah, during my internship. Yeah. Unpaid internship. Yeah, it was unpaid for sure. As it goes, but you got the experience yes. of being here. It was good. I got to go to all kinds of shows for free that summer at the Fillmore and like Shoreline, whatever. And so that summer, um, I met uh, my first serious girlfriend on the bus here in San Francisco, uh, Tia. So yeah, so we met on the 71 bus. We were together for like three and a half years after that or something like that. And uh, she, because um, she was a student at, uh, or she was about to be a student at um, uh, USF. Okay. So anyways, so, so she moved here right after the summer and I went back to Santa Cruz mm-hmm. and I was here every other weekend. Right. You know, so I consider when I first moved here in 2002, that was that summer because I was here every other weekend after that. And then as soon as I graduated, I moved up here like five days later. In 2002? 2003. 2003. Okay. But I still consider 2002 when I first moved here. Got it. Can we go back because there must have been, like, what was your first time and impression of San Francisco? What was your first time to come here? Well, the first time I came here, I was a kid and I don't remember that much. Right. Okay. Uh, but um, uh, I remember... Uh, uh, Vague memories of like the cable car turn around and mm-hmm. um, uh, the the cable guy, cable car turn around guy. My brother had real long hair. My brother, the cable car thought he's my little sister. The guy, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, your sister wants to help too. Mm-hmm. And then also there was some cool cab driver who gave us a bunch of baseball cards for some reason. Oh. I don't remember. But nice. um, but then when I came here as more of an adult, um, I uh, had a cousin when I was in Santa Cruz. I my cousin Becky was here in the city, and so I used to come up and stand on her couch or her floor. And we go out. I remember, like, one of the first bars I went to uh, in the city was uh, Casanova. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and also Amnesia. Yeah. Still but, like, there. I remember, like, Not getting there. off the bus and just walking. In. I was like, this place is so cool. And this is probably, like, uh, if I was, tw- I was 21 years old. So it must have been, like, uh, 2002. Okay. Before 2001, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Okay. And I was like, this, there's so much happening here. I need to be here. Yeah, because especially coming as a kid, you might not have the memories, but like San Francisco is so different, so so different than oh, yeah. San Diego. Especially totally different. Like coming from San Diego is a whole other totally world. Totally different world. 
Okay. Okay. Well, let's get you. So now, so now you're like, I'm, I'm moving here. Yeah. I mean, it was the next logical step. It couldn't stay yeah. in Santa Cruz. Right. Santa Cruz is lovely, but like so small. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big personality. <laughs> That was Brocast Stewart. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, Stewart continues the story of his life and his move to San Francisco. Part two drops this Thursday. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 150 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, subscribe, rate, and review our show so we can reach even more folks. And if you'd like to drop us an old-fashioned email, we'd love that. The address is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay strong, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.